Hi, everyone. Welcome to Leader to Leader with Jennifer Zock. Today, I'm in conversation with April Wilkerson about her transformative experience with learning to lead with somatic awareness. Hear how April went from distressing anxiety to refreshing clarity at work and home. Here she is. Please meet April. Welcome to a Leader to Leader with Jennifer Zock. April, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, April, would you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listening audience, please? Sure. My name is April Wilkerson. Uh, I'm in healthcare. I've been in the healthcare field for about 23 years now. I'm also a supervisor with the company Tegria for Facey and Providence Medical. And April, so you are in a leadership role. You have been practicing somatic awareness now for a few weeks in your leadership role. What has that that been like for you? What has that done for you and your team? Um, It's been really great. It's been very beneficial. The different uh, examples and tools that you have provided me, um, the books that I can go over and read um, help me to be a better leader and a better person, I'll say. So it's helping me to perform better with my, my team, being able to communicate with them and being able to accept the responses that they give back. So definitely this has been, um, a very beneficial and great opportunity, opportunity to work with you. Great. Great. Can you tell us more about how it's helped you accept the responses that you have you received from your your team day in and day out um with the conversations that I've had with you any I'll say any anxiety or anything that I've felt I'm able to express that to you because you're non-biased so you don't have that the take from the team so when I'm speaking with you I'm able to open up and relax and, and state how I feel So now when I go and talk to my team, I don't have the anxiety. I don't have the nervousness. So when they're giving me their responses, I'm able to reflect that response with an open mind, um, being more calm, more cautious of how I present any information that I'm providing to them so that they can understand it and we can have a clear communication between each other. How has your team responded to that change? Oh, great. <laughs> they love it. They, they, uh, they love it. Um, open communication is really a big thing with, uh, with me and something that I make sure that my team is aware of and I want them to be um, open as well, but they like that I don't uh, attack, you know, if they say something that they feel that I've done wrong, they're letting me know and I'm accepting of that. So with me being able to accept um, their responses and let them, you know, express their grief or, you know, that they may have with me, they enjoy that. So they really do and really have enjoyed it. That's huge. And what a big step towards acceptance. Can you tell the, the listeners what that journey has been like for you? Has it been 
easy? Has it been hard? Have you had times where you've making maybe taken two steps back to take a step forward? What's it been like? Yes. It, well, for me, it was, it's, it's been a difficult, <laughs> it's, it's been difficult. I'll say to say the least, just being able to give myself, um, it's okay for me not to get some things completed, you know, and if I don't get everything done that don't look at it as a failure or that it's something that's is complete, you know, having to take the time for myself and regroup just to get myself together will help me to be a better leader. And so that's what uh, the opportunities I've experienced working with you have uh, taught me these, you know, first few weeks. It's okay to not have it. It's okay to not know. (laughs) It's okay to not have an answer sometimes, you know, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm a failure or that I'm not, um, you know, going to be able to get there but also knowing that I don't have to be a people pleaser. And that's one of the things that I was trying to be is a people pleaser, is trying to make sure I'm making everyone happy except for myself and I'm drowning underneath it all. So that's um, what it has, your, your class, or I'll say our conversations has you know, helped me to see the type of person that I am and the type of person that I want to be and not that the person that I currently am is a bad person or anything. It's just, I need to focus on me as well. And, and that would be in my personal life and as well as within my work life. So to be a better me personal will definitely make sure that I'm a better me for my job and for my team. How does that feel inside? It feels great. It feels really good. <laughs> it definitely feels really good to to now know that this is what I was. This is what I was. And this is the person that I'm striving to be. And this is how I'm going to get there. So it feels great to know um, where I was and where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see yourself going, April? Um. I do see myself right now within this leadership role. I am a supervisor. I do see myself moving up into manager position, uh, possibly a director. Um, That is my five-year goal is to be in a director position within the next five years. Um, And I do see myself getting there, especially knowing that I'm taking the, the necessary steps to get there. And going through these classes with you or uh, this communication with you is helping me to do that. Good, good. Can you tell us specifically, or is there a specific way that it that's, that it's helping you? Um, you gave me some pointers. I'll say I can't think of the book right off the bat right now. Well, was um, it please to please. Yes, there you go. <laughs> And it was just reading those, um, I'll say reading the testimonies from other people who have read that book, it really put into perspective how I was feeling or the things that I do. And it was really, uh, it really brought it home for me because I was able to see that I wasn't the only one doing these things. And these were people from different walks of life, different, different areas, uh, different backgrounds. So 
for me to see and relate to someone else who does not have the same demographic as myself was like, oh, wow. So this is, this is serious. You know, this is, this is a thing. <laughs> so I, I you know, was able to say, okay, I'm not the only one. And this book was really fundamental in helping that person overcome their issue. And that I know it's going to be beneficial for me to overcome mine as well. So I really think it, the, the pointers that you gave and really those, those books of uh, great information um, is what has been very valuable for me. Good, good. Before we worked together, April, had you ever heard of somatic awareness? I have never heard of somatic awareness. Okay. Had not come up (laughs) ever. And did you have, when it first came up in our conversations, what was that like for you? I've had some people say that, well, and most people say they've never heard of it before. And um, some people are curious. Some people are, they're not sure. But where would you place yourself in when you first heard about somatic awareness and applying it to leadership? One word, clueless. (laughs) Clueless. And that's my honest, (laughs) that's honest that I can be is I was completely clueless. Like, wow, what is that? Yes. Hmm. Sounds interesting, but (laughs) what is that? You are not alone there and you are not clueless by any means of that because most people, when I talk about it, they, they're they not familiar with the language. However, they have experienced somatic awareness. A lot of people can relate to being in the grocery store and realizing something, they've forgotten something, they don't know what it is mm-hmm. and their body's telling them that- right. They've, we've forgotten something. So it, it's definitely a, a bodily experience more than a cognitive, but it works together. Ultimately, it's a, it's a whole body experience. Can yes. you talk about sensations? Because that is really the, the language of somatic awareness. And a key part of it is learning to pay attention to sensations. What has that been like for you to become more aware of your bodily sensations? Um, What I've noticed is now when I feel a bit of anxiety coming up on myself, especially if it's, uh, you know, especially during work, if something is bothering me, or if there's a deadline pressing, um, I start to get a feeling of, of uneasiness, like in my chest and what I, or an email that I didn't get a chance to respond to. And I was, you know, I, I made sure to put forth a good effort to try, but just because there's so many different things going on within the day and I'm not able to, what I've been able to do is to tell myself, I, when I feel that anxiety, I say, it's okay. You have another day. You're not failing. No one is going to be upset with you. You've got this. And so I kind of talked to myself and almost, how do you say, 
walk myself off the ledge um, so that I'm, you know, not getting anxious, but I mean, or calming that anxiousness down because I can feel it. I can feel myself getting choked up in my chest or, you know, like, oh my goodness, my breathing, like, oh gosh, I didn't get a chance to finish that. Or I'll, I'll start looking on my desk for, okay, well, let me find this. And what I need is literally sitting right in front of me. And Mm -hmm. so I just sit back and I try and I regroup and just talk to myself and just say, Hey, calm down. You've got this. And literally that's, that's has helped me to, um, ward off a little bit of stress. (laughs) Wonderful. When you spoke about what you were looking for being right there on your desk, that's a great example of what happens when we fall into a stress storm and we orient to threat, we get tunnel vision and we're not able to see the resources available around us to help us. And we will miss the obvious because mm-hmm. our <laughs> system, it's trying to keep us alive. So right. it's saying, you know, that paper on the desk, that that's not important. That mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. to just keep you alive when it's really an overreaction. And then we have the opportunity, if we notice it in our body, like you explained so well, we have the opportunity to calm ourselves down and change the situation completely coming from our prefrontal cortex and realizing, okay, that paper is right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not, and, and stressing, it is so exhausting. Have you noticed a change in your energy level at all with these? Yes, I definitely have. Um, The amount of emails that I wasn't able, and I I always refer to emails because I get so many throughout the day. So I'm never able to, uh, you know, to get through and complete and respond to everyone. But what I have noticed is that I'm able to um, compartmentalize them. And so I'll move them into the proper folders that I need to, and then I'll put them in categories. I'm able to go through and categorize them as, okay, these I need, these have to be responded by today. I have to respond to these by the end of the day. The rest of these I can respond to tomorrow or throughout the rest of the week. So before it was just, I was all over the place. I'm like, oh, I got to get through all of these. I have to get through these today. I have to. Now I've been able to put them in those categories and say, okay, these right here, you have to respond to those and you will do that throughout the day. So I set up my calendar invite and well, my reminder to say, okay, respond to this. And then I'll take that time out, which I set up my focus time during the day. And during that time, those particular emails that have to have a response today, those are the ones that I get to. And that's been, oh my goodness. When I say that's been helpful, it's been a great help. How has that affected your productivity? Um, Great, significantly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because like I said before, I wasn't able to get through those emails and they would sit there and pile up and it'd be so many that 
when it was time to go through them, I still had so many left or there were some, they were just there. So now my productivity is like, okay, well, what didn't I finish? What didn't I do? I'm able to see it. So once it's completed, I have it. If it's, if, especially since I'm creating those calendars, I'll mark them complete. So now I'm able to see all the tasks that I had pending. They're no longer pending. And then the ones that I do have, they're minimal. So that's been great. So it has really um, expanded my productivity. Excellent. I hear that from a lot of the clients that I work with. They are pleasantly surprised that they are just as productive, if not more productive by slowing down. Definitely. Definitely. That, that is definitely true. That is definitely true. The faster we're moving, the faster we're going, the less we're able to get through. And it's, you would think you'd be able to get through more because you're moving faster, but you're not. Because when I'm moving fast, I'm missing key points. I'm missing things. When I slow down, I'm able to see everything clear. I have a clear mind. Um, And so I'm able to see things. I'm able to focus that piece of paper that's right there in front of me. I see it. I'm not moving over it. I'm not missing it. So slowing down definitely has, um, has been beneficial. And I even noticed that in my, in my home life as well, just moving slow at home with, with certain things and tasks that I want to do around the house, just taking it easy one day at a time. If I don't get it fixed or finished today, I'm okay. I can do it tomorrow. That has been helpful. And it's, it's really been great. It's really been great. Did you ever imagine reaching this, this point of the word peace is coming to mind, but would you, is that, does that word resonate with you or is there another word that uh, is a better fit for you? I'll say clarity Clarity. is a a good word for me and not right now. I didn't see, I I didn't see that. I'll say that I didn't see the clarity um, coming right now, just because there was just so much going on and, and not knowing and understanding, um, understanding the tools that I needed to, to be a better, I'll say to be a better person, because again, Before I can be a better leader, I have to be a better person. So that was the biggest thing. And like I said, the need to please, just hearing that and reading that to say what this type, what it means to do that, that brought so much clarity to me, Uh, which is something that I needed. And I didn't, I don't think if I hadn't spoken with you, I would have gotten that information or be able to be where I am right now, mm-hmm. I don't think that would have been possible. And that's been what a matter of four weeks that that you had this, this yep. transformation, really? Definitely four weeks, four weeks. It's not some people think, you know, that can say that that may not be a lot of time. But if well, considering where I was and how long I've been in this field and how long I've been that person just to see or read where I am now 
it doesn't take much. Yeah. It doesn't take long for you to get that understanding to just, you know, it's literally like an epiphany. It's just, it opened up and said, okay, this is where, this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. What do you want to do? Yeah. This is how you fix it. So incredible. that's, uh, your class has been able to do that for me. <laughs> I am, I'm honored and grateful that this class has been able to, to help you in this, this really special way. And I'm curious what you might say to someone that might be feeling the way that, that you felt before you had access to these tools, what would your advice be to them to get started and gaining more clarity, feeling better? Um, I, the first thing I would tell them is that you're going to be okay. You are okay. You are enough. Um, you are adequate. What you're, what you're dealing with and what you're overcoming, um, what you will overcome, you have the power to do that. And no matter what it is that you're going through, work-related, personal, you will persevere and get through those things. But the first step is accepting who you are and what you are and finding out what you need to do to help to change it or to understand it better. And taking uh, the class with Jennifer or with taking, um, taking a class or, you know, with someone else, or if you do your own research, but just understanding who you are and the type of person you are. And if you feel that that person that you are isn't um, where you want to be, is just accepting to say, okay, well, this is who I am now. And this is what I'm going to do to get to be that person. And starting with one step, one step, it may be a 12-step process. It may be a five-step process. All you need to do is take the first step of accepting um, accepting who you are right now. And that's what I had to do. I had to accept who I was. And once I got that and understanding of who I was, it made everything clear for me to say, these are the steps that I need to take to improve myself or to, to better myself. And you can do the same. That's excellent advice. Thank you for that, April. And I mean, what an inspiring message for our listeners to hear. They are Thank you. We're all enough. Yes. We are definitely, we are enough. And I don't think a lot of people hear that enough that they are. And that's where we need to encourage one another is that you are enough wherever you are in life. You are enough. Wow. What an amazing story. Let that sink in for a moment. You are enough. You are enough right now. Start with acceptance and go anywhere. Thanks for tuning in. Stay curious and kind.